Hey there, it's Steve. In June of 1996, I brought the Holsteining Company Morning Show to Illinois. That was 25 years ago this month. Last June, after the show abruptly ended after 24 years, my wife told me she wanted to interview me. I was intrigued, so we headed to my makeshift studio. I clicked record, and away she went. The other day, I was listening to that one-year-old interview, and it was a fun walk down memory lane, and I thought you might enjoy it. So here it is, June 2020, Deb interviews Steve. So we are now officially rolling under the stairs in the basement. Okay. (laughs) June 17th. What is that? That is the midpoint of June and a couple of days before Father's Day. Anything else? Milestone. Uh, Wixie anniversary. I started June 17th, 24 years ago. Wow. How many years have you been in radio? Uh, when did I start? 86 was my first full-time job. Yeah. I mean, I kind of dabbled in some YMC. There was a YMCA-owned radio station in St. Louis, and I had this little once-a-week air shift for like two hours uh, that I did with my friend Tim, who is still in radio. Are you but, still yeah. in radio? Are you still in radio? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have my fingers in radio because I, uh, I I publish content for other radio people. I've been writing for other radio people for years, and I sell them my material, the same stuff I used. So, so 24 years here in this community here in Champaign, what was your first show on Wixie like? Do you remember it? Did you prepare questions? I, You did. That's no. very good. Yeah. you got... <laughs> Only a few. My so what was the question again? My first show. Yeah, your first oh. show in Wixie. I don't remember the show. I pro- I was probably nervous. I remember my co-host at the time, Kevin. Uh, I remember the studio because it was actually down the hall from where the current Wixie studio is because there's been some remodeling over the years. I don't really remember the first show. I just remember kind of the uh, just the the technical details of it barely. So during the 24 years when you were on air, any regrets? Anything oh, that's, that you boy, did, you're jumping right in. Well, anything that you did during that, that time that... Yeah, so the one there's one regret that I always come back to when I think about... Because, you know, over 24 years, you know, you'd think there would be something stupid that was said. And I'm sure there were. I'm sure pe- people who listened mm-hmm. regularly thought, oh, that was stupid. <laughs> But but I remember a long time ago, this was like in the first couple of years, probably, somebody called the show and said, hey, we, we lost our horse. Could you get the word out that we lost this horse? We live in this area here in wherever it was in East Central Illinois. And my co-host at the time and I were just laughing. And we're like, how do you lose a horse? You know, we were just kind of making fun of it. And they ended up like, calling and complaining and and I think there were some people upset and in hindsight I was like you know you can lose a horse you can lose you can lose anything it doesn't matter I mean I guess suppose you, it's harder to lose a giraffe it's harder to lose a semi truck but I just you know it was it wasn't it wasn't an inanimate object that was lost it was something personal it was somebody's horse you know and so they had a relationship with it and we were kind of poking fun at the fact that they lost their horse and and I and so I just have always like kind of felt that's just always stuck with me as, wow, I was so immature that we made fun of somebody losing their horse. Um, and I don't know 
I, I think that I'm assuming they found it. You don't lose a horse for very long, but yeah. That's not a very big regret. No, well, I wouldn't think that was a regret. What were you thinking? What were you hoping I would say? Well, I just sometimes you might slip and say something on the air that maybe was un- it definitely was unintentional. But. Right. No, I've no, no. We were fortunate, and ironically, not ironically, but interestingly, like three months or four months ago, there was a email that came from the corporate management about watch what you say on the air. You know, don't even cuss while you're off air. And I remember that. Yeah, and. And uh, so, you know, and if you if you say something bad, you will be fired instantly. We had an incident where somebody said something bad and now the station's being fined three thousand dollars or something. And we'd always talk about having what's called a dump button in the studio. Mm-hmm. And so basically when the show is being done, it's actually being delayed because everything we're doing, mm-hmm. the music and everything goes into this digital box behind me in the studio and it delays everything by eight seconds. And then if something stupid is said, I just hit this green button. I mean, it's a big lit green button. Hit that, and everything that was re- was recorded in delay time over the past eight seconds gets dumped. The listener would hear like like literally would just be like eight seconds just vanished. Mm-hmm. So and so interestingly, never had any issues with something like that being said on the air. None of us on the show, but we did have a dump button put in a few months ago in case we did. So good. That would be good for me. What? Because <laughs> I might often say something that. Inappropriate. Oh, like you should always have a dump button on you. Like yes. if you say something, well, no, that would be both of us because we're married and we say inappropriate things sometimes. So okay. marriages should have dump buttons. Like you say something, but the whole everything you're saying is eight second delayed, and then you go, "Oh, that was." Oh, let me let me hit the dump button before she hears it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. So this one here, I just over the course of years, I have um, asked you what you have been the most proud of or the most memorable moment. And two years ago, you shared one with me. But now that 24 years have passed. All right. What did I share with you two years ago? Because you have. That was Honor Flight. Yes. And Honor Flight is still the most amazing, memorable moment, I think, of the 24 years. That was uh, people know in this area Honor Flight. Honor Flight is a national organization, or it's a it's there are chapters of Honor Flights, and there's still some I think going on in Illinois. But the general manager at the time had seen a story like on 60 Minutes about mm-hmm. Honor Flight someplace else and how it got started, and he'd never heard of it. Most of us had never heard of it, and he's like, "Oh, we're doing this." So he brings somebody in from Honor Flight Springfield and says, "Tell my staff about it." And the the Honor Flight guy told us about it, and hey, it costs fifty thousand bucks to charter a seven thirty seven. You know, and that's what it costs. And the general manager right there, Alan Beck, in the room, uh, everybody there, uh, he said, we're doing it. We're going to raise 50 grand. We're doing it. Now that there's some closure to this, now you can sit back and look. Granted, it's only been like a week and a half. Right. What is it today that you think of that pops into your head that you are that's pretty memorable and you're pretty proud of? I mean, this is kind of a simple answer. But it's the 24 years because it's so rare. It's we have a dog that's going crazy. Hi, dog. Hi, Darbs. Hi, Darbs. You want to be on the? You want to be on the? <laughs> so we're in this little bitty closet under the stairs, and she wants to be on my lap. Come here. Uh, okay. And All too right. bad we don't have a video. <laughs> Can you sniff? Can you? <laughs> so 24 years because it's rare in radio. It it used to be more common, but it's just rare. I mean, 24 years in any job is is pretty incredible. I'm just proud of the fact that 
that the show kept evolving, mm-hmm. and I've had multiple co-hosts, um, and they've all been great, and we've evolved the show, all of us, and um, yeah, I you know it was it was just a great run, and and there were proud moments in there, things like honor flight. And silly things like the Undy 500 when we... <laughs> right. Well, and when I met you, it was the 911. Yeah. I mean, the drive yeah, that went right through the, where the assembly hall is, that whole... That we drive. raised $250,000 in the, over the course of like a day and a half. And I think that money, I think we sent it to New York to buy a, like part of a fire truck or something like that. Um, yeah, that was... But that was the audience. Right. You know, that was, those were the listeners. I just remember the, 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 the nonstop line of cars. And that was the same thing with Honor, Honor Flight. When we said we were doing this, we were like, oh, my gosh, we've got to raise 50 grand. Mm-hmm. And I remember going out and soliciting businesses, the general manager, Alan, and I, door to door, asking for 500 here, 1,000 there. And a lot of people said no or didn't fully understand it or just didn't, you know, couldn't commit. Or they said, let me think about it. But no matter what, we had this fundraising day on the calendar. It seems like it was at I Hotel, the parking lot. I can't remember. Yeah. But man, the day we started it and it just went bonkers. And we raised enough to do three honor flights. So um, during this time, who did you interview or meet that was the most famous? Probably, or had an impact on you. Uh, I mean, maybe that's a better question. The greatest impact on you. I don't know about impact. I'm. I mean, some of the greatest impacts are people like the honor flight guys. You know, and, and men and women because we we're on the on the flight with them, and they're just humble. Some of them had never flown before. These are people that went through hell, and we're flying into Washington D.C. to see this monument that. Rightfully, they should have seen years before. You know, the most famous person I think I met besides like Garth Brooks, who was incredibly, that's, you know, when Garth was in town and he did, um, when, when was he in? He did a bunch of shows, I don't know, a few years back, four shows. And I got the chance to escort a listener and his girlfriend down to the meeting area and Garth and Trisha came in and he and Trisha just gave us their time. There was zero pressure. There were no handlers saying, oh, you know, Garth, we got to go. He was just super nice. Lots of lots of chit chat, lots of photos. He asked about us. But I met Sam Walton many, many years ago when I worked in Kentucky, the, the founder of Walmart. He's now deceased. And I did an interview and I, I just had no idea at the time I was so green how big that was. He, they were opening like four Walmarts or something in the country at the same time. And he, and I how guess. How many did they have? Well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, but I guess apparently he used to go to the grand openings because he was Sam Walton, you know, and this was your baby. You launched it. So, uh, so it's like, hey, Sam Walton is flown into town and, and you get to do an interview with him on live on the air. And I'm like, oh, cool. All right. So I interviewed him. And then when we were done, he was like, he was like, hey, thanks a lot. Uh, he said something like, I got to go pee now or something like that. <laughs> so so now, years later, you realize that he was pretty... He was down to earth. Yeah. Yeah. Super down to earth. Yeah. He just had casual clothes on and he's not a very big man. And, and when he was done, he had to use a restroom. But, you know, it's pretty <laughs> cool to say I met Sam Walton. But I have one more question. That's it? You only have one? You have my undivided... I, but I have questions time. all day long. I mean, this is... I, I'm not giving any more interviews. This is it. This is my final well, interview. We'll see. Oh. <laughs> okay. So... Who's your morning girl, Darby or me? Oh, you. <laughs> well, she would say her because, you know, the dog is like, she's all about her in the morning. She immediately wants to go for a walk, 
play ball, go for a ride. And this is a confusing time for her because yes. usually when you leave at in the morning yeah. by 3.30, she's already moved to that side of the bed and that's her yeah. pillow. So. But I'm getting up. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting up now at 4.30 or 5, so she can still do that. But um, but you're my morning girl. <laughs> All right, that's the interview. If you have a comment or question, my email is in the show notes of your podcast app, or you can visit the contact link at holstein.co. If you're listening in an app and you haven't already, please press the subscribe or follow button. And if your podcast app allows it, please leave a review so others can discover the show. I'm Steve. This was the Holstein & Company podcast. Thanks for listening. Have a great week, and I'll see you around town.